0: Hello, and welcome to this week's Shoot the Moon podcast, broadcasting live and direct from Revenue Rocket World Headquarters. I'm Mike Harbath, President and CEO of Revenue Rocket. Revenue Rocket is the world premier growth strategy and M&A advisor to tech-enabled services companies. Uh, with me today on this week's podcast is my partner, Ryan Barnett. Ryan, welcome.
1: Hey, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me here today, and, and thanks for hosting this podcast. Thanks to all our listeners who are tuning in and who are part of this journey. As we've done this podcast, we've learned a few things about what our audience is. And and oftentimes our audience is someone who is looking at mergers and acquisitions in the IT services space for the first time. And some of them, I've looked at it in an understanding of, can I do this alone? Or what should I look for in an advisor when it comes to an M&A deal? And today what we wanted to break down were what we view are the core components in a team when considering the M&A function within an IT services company. Uh, so Mike and I were just going to kind of walk through what we see and some of the things to look for and uh, areas of, of, of how to evaluate an advisor or take a look at how you may want to staff some of those functions yourself. When we start to look at this, I mean, the, the four areas or five areas that we're covering are really origination, deal flow, financial analysis, due diligence, and then uh, negotiation. Uh, so let's start with origination and, and, uh, Mike, just fill us in. Uh, what's a, an origination and, or what's that term mean? And, and what does that mean for in the function within uh, mergers and acquisitions?
0: Yeah. Thanks, Ryan.
1: Well, I'll tell
0: you, you know, origination is interesting. It's essentially, in short, originating or finding a target that fills your needs as a buyer or as a seller. So if you're a seller, you want to find a qualified buyer. Likewise, if you're, you know, someone looking to acquire firms, you want to find a seller. And that origination function consists of a research function to help find the firms that fit your profile. And then an outreach function, which consists of both, in a perfect world, both folks are on phones calling, you know, potential targets, as well as a whole marketing team that focuses on finding those particular targets through a variety of digital outreach campaigns and and sort of media initiatives. And I would tell you that, you know, this stuff is hard, right? To get origination done right, it requires a very significant investment of money and time in order to build an infrastructure that works. Uh, I would say it also takes a very skilled talent, a very narrow uh, talent set throughout that team on origination, with this experience and preferably years of experience that makes it work. And so it's very difficult if you're, you know, going to try to roll your own or do something on your own to find a team, either do it on your own or find a team that can do it, that does not have the experience of M&A origination. Uh, We've certainly seen a lot of clients try to hire a telemarketing firm, for example, to do this, or someone who does a portion of the outreach without the deep M&A experience, and it just doesn't work because the skills required once you find a potential target on the phone or you get to them through a marketing vehicle, are very, very specific. And it really has to happen from a quality m a advisor, in our opinion,
1: in order to work. To add on the, on the research function specifically, uh, there are so many ter- terminologies and technologies in the marketplace today that understanding the, the nuance that it takes when finding the ideal targets uh, is really difficult. And this is one, if you you listen back to our industry-specific advisor uh, podcast, we we go into this in depth. But if you're using a generalist or you're um, looking at an area where uh, building the right list of targets, there's a a big difference between a a managed service provider and a cloud service provider and an Internet hosting provider. Uh, Those things that all may feel very similar at some levels are, are quite different when it comes to either buying or selling your firm. So finding a team that's able to utilize the tools that they have, uh, the research databases and the options that are there, and being able to really understand what a target is or isn't, uh, it takes a skill a that is, I would say that almost every company we have ever worked with underestimates. But really really look for firms that understand and have a comprehensive research function that are able to build target lists that are for you, uh, in your market industry and, and size and be, be able to uh, continually refresh that list to make sure that the, the right targets are in place. On the outreach side, I think it's, it might hit it a, a bit, but in the M&A process, you're really dealing with the highest levels of a company, and it takes a lot of effort. It takes hundreds upon hundreds of phone calls to sometimes get simply one. Uh, one of our top clients that we, we've had and worked with, we called them 48 times before they picked up the phone and had a, a meaningful conversation with us. That's something that's very hard to replicate internally. And uh, most firms really struggle staffing that function of having that very per- first communication with professional staff. So we oftentimes think this is a entry-level, high-performer-type job. Uh, instead, uh, this is someone having a discussion that could impact the rest of their life. And it's it's very important to staff that correctly. Uh and the third area, Mike, you, you touched on was was marketing. Uh, there's a lot of material that goes in on both the buy side or sell side, uh, but especially the sell side in packaging up a firm for sale. So developing everything from a something as simple as a teaser to as complicated as a confidential information memorandum. And then being able to push that in channels that is uh, ex- exponentially broadens the reach of an outreach team, uh, starts to become critical as too. So if you're looking for an advisor, it's important to, to understand can they, uh, find companies that they don't know about today? And can they get your deal in front of those that are, are not on the target list, but instead, uh, are going to be caught in a, in a web of marketing? And it can follow up with those, uh, marketing leads in, in a, in a creative way. Mike, anything else on the uh, on the origination team that you think is important to look at or things to watch out for?
0: Well, you know, I think it's important to, you know, be cognizant of the fact that, you know, when you use origination as a vehicle for, you know, finding your next opportunity for M&A, um, that those interactions need to be handled very carefully. Because you can imagine if you were to receive a call yourself about selling or, you know, buying another company or whatever, you know, you probably disregard most of those. Um, you know, we're told all the time that, Hey, we don't only really don't take these calls, but we're taking one from you or we don't generally respond to these types of inquiries via email or social media or, or, you know, other ways. But we're taking, we responded this from you, um, because it was different. And I think what's different about it, at least in the approach that we take, and it's important is that, you know, back to the industry specific experience and, and I'd say in general ex- experience in the space for you know, almost 25 years now comes through, uh, in that communication and it should in that outreach, which resonates with people who, want to hear from other operators and not just bankers, uh, you know, as much as we are, you know, an M&A advisor, we all have at least at Revenue Rocket grown up on the side of an operator. And because we're operators, we come to the conversation with a different focus and different level of experience. I think sometimes that comes through and it's very nuanced and it's very art-like versus a science. And I think when you're evaluating Advisors, you really have to, you know, look for that secret sauce or look for that artful approach, uh, so that you can get the biggest bang for your buck.
1: You no, know, origination is kind of, is the start of, of things. And in the, the way that we work it, we have a marketing team that's going to help drive demand. Uh, we have that research uh, function that helps find the targets that ultimately fuel the, our outreach team. So that's hit by the spear. But once contact is made, uh, we transition that into uh, what, uh, what we would call a deal flow team or a program team that's really responsible for, for managing the workflow of opportunities in a campaign from start to finish. Mike, what happens in that deal flow stage and w- what things should a person be looking for either uh, in their own functions or, or when uh, evaluating an advisor to help out?
0: Yeah, Ryan, thanks for the question. It's important to establish a cadence with the other side as we're talking about deal flow and and deal kind of movement. And that happens, it starts to happen when you're managing a pipeline of potential targets and the communications that you have with each of those. And then as you get narrowed down to a particular target, whether you're a buyer looking to find a firm to acquire or you're a seller talking to various buyers, you know, to be able to manage the information requests and to be responsive and to not go dark with a potential target. I think it's easy even for, you know, the best teams to phone in on a particular target, for example, before you would get to letter of intent and eliminate or drop the ball on communications with all the other targets. And, you know, that that is a that is a problem. Uh, you have to be able to close out those communications and be able to move towards a particular spot, uh, with a particular target so that you can, you know, move the deal or keep the deal moving through sort of the valuation phases and the LOI phase and into diligence and then through ultimately to negotiating the definitive agreement and to close. And that cadence has to be proactive and timely. Uh, Otherwise, the other party will lose interest uh, or have lack of confidence that you can actually get the deal done. And it may not be the case, but the perception becomes reality in that situation if you're not moving things along in a timely manner. And it's easy to get stalled, particularly if you don't have the various functions of the deal staffed properly and you're able to keep a good cadence moving forward. We've seen that happen many, many times.
1: I think it's important to note here that uh, this is again another tools, technology, and process. An, an advisor here has to have the the proper virtual deal room uh, software to to allow for confidential access to documentation. So uh, if you're if you're rolling uh, your own acquisition, to, to be able to have some of those is a is definitely a niche. Uh, and then just the understanding of the process. Um, oftentimes, it's uh, as a buyer or seller, you may want to jump into the deal flow and push things along um, by yourself, and your advisor is really there for a purpose of helping that deal flow, seeing things from a third-party perspective and a, and a view that uh, could be a little farther out than your short-term vision and uh, evaluating multiple options, for example. So keeping that deal flow amongst multiple firms um, in both buy-side and sell-side is is critical and keeping the communication um, going. Ultimately, if you're selling your firm, uh, the most important thing you need to do is uh, run the business like it's not for sale, and that's very hard to do if you're in the weeds uh, talking through uh, the terms of a deal, the terms of an LOI, and Negotiating through an APA, it's it's nearly impossible to do, uh, impossible to do by yourself. The other section, and so if if you can think about through the the normal process, uh, the teams that that you've got your origination team that's looking for the deal, the, the, the deal flow or program management team that is, uh, consistently keeping that uh, deal in, in play, uh, there's another function that's really around financial analysis hey Mike what in uh how would you define kind of that financial analysis team and and what do you look for in in, in your your own team or an advisor? Well,
0: you know super important to have uh, folks that know their way around you know of valuation and valuation in the space um, you know we've been fortunate enough to do you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands of valuations in the space since we started the firm, you know, 22 years ago. And throughout that experience, we've learned, um, you know, we've developed a proprietary methodology that I think works pretty well, um, as well as is vetted and, and uh, proven uh, through our comps analysis, but most importantly, through successful transactions. So you know, the ultimate valuation of a deal happens when you have a willing buyer and a willing seller come together um and ultimately um you know come to a deal. And you know, our our valuation approach, because this is you know the only space we work in as tech and animal services companies, um, you know, it's typically our market based price, as we call it, typically within a few percentage points where the deal happens. Um and we think that's, you know, pretty good. Um so it's important to have an industry expert, someone that knows the valuation modeling, uh, for your industry, um, and can help you get to a fair deal. We often say that, you know, no unfair deal gets done in our industry. They, they just don't. They, you, you don't see people taking advantage of someone else as much as you might fear that there's enough outside advisors in the case of accounting and legal and tax and other advisors that are touching these deals that, you know, if something looks like it's out of bounds you're outside the ditches, they're going to raise a red flag for either the buyer or the seller. Um, and so, you know, we just don't see unfair deals getting done. So, you know, someone who has deep experience in doing valuations, understands what information they need, how to do it quickly, um, is critically important. Um, and I think that will help facilitate a negotiation that, is based in fact uh in one that is you know where transactions typically occur um and uh, certainly uh provides some uh lubricant if you will to get the deal negotiated um i think some of those you know just to continue on that for a little bit um you know the financial analysis associated with the diligence phase is also equally important uh if not more so in having uh, very experienced diligence analysts on the team, on your advisory team um, is really important and ones that have experience in your industry um, so that they're doing, uh, proving out the cash flows are accurate and that you know what you're buying. Um, those are all sort of financial review and financial diligence functions. Uh, and They're somewhat interrelated between valuation and diligence.
1: Yeah, I, they're 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 interrelated, but they're also uh, integral that they're working together. So if your your finance team uh, is is providing the models and the expectation ROI of a deal, the due diligence team is there to back it up. And at uh, you know, Rocket, we treat these in the same team with different different functions. Uh, and it's it you know, typically the personality type is a little different in, in those as well. Uh, I will note the, the deal economics to understanding the impact of an acquisition, uh, is something that's a, is niche compared to a traditional, uh, FP&A, uh, or financial planning and analysis, uh, type, uh, person at a company. So, uh, there's some modeling in that industry specific expertise, um, not only within IT services and tech enabled services, but also within the, uh, the, the emergent acquisition world—it's important to, to specialize there, uh, and the same with due diligence. Uh, there's there's a lot of work in the, that goes into uh, determining what is real within the company that you're buying, um, and what needs to be worked upon, and even proving an invoice to cash, and and, and everything in between. Um, firms oftentimes will uh outsource uh, some of this work to a, to another term to to a due diligence specialist or they may have something uh called a, Q, a quality of earnings uh, approach uh oftentimes uh, uh that quality of earnings QOE uh, you'll hear it uh, called oftentimes uh maybe overkill for for a deal and uh instead of focusing on the the adequate risk and uh compared to the adequate um, control and spend of the for uh, understanding that risk is 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 overblown in some cases. So um, keep in mind that it, there's different functions that may do this. It may be an accounting firm. Um, you know, we we find that we it's important to work alongside vendors like accountants and lawyers to make sure that the deal is done right. Uh, and using an advisor that's able and capable to be experts in those lanes uh, is will help uh, get a deal done. The last session, and Mike, this is really uh, it's your specialty. Is I would say that its own no category uh, is is really negotiation, and uh, uh, there are so uh, so many things that happen when a purchase agreement is getting done. So, Mike, why don't you tell me a uh, tell me kind of what goes into that, and what's the difference, or what the, what are some things to look for if you do this yourself? or uh, if you're evaluating an advisor uh, to look for?
0: Well, I, you know, I think, boy, I could write a book on this one. Um, what's challenging here is that, um, you know, they call the anemone of transaction the most unnatural act in business for a reason. Um, you know, in the face of it, you would think, you know, you're a business owner or a leader in a business and you should be able to, Negotiate an M&A deal, no problem, right? Like, hey, you're negotiating contracts and uh, agreements with clients all the time. So, you know, how hard can it be? It's kind of what you tell yourself. Um, and uh, the answer is it can be really, really hard. Uh, there's hundreds of things that have to get negotiated in a definitive agreement. And it's generally always better to have an advisor who does this for a living, manage those things, because many of them are interrelated and how a deal is structured, how it's treated from a tax perspective, um, you know, how working capital harvest is negotiated, uh, how a comp plan for key executives might be modeled in and might be considered part of the consideration, um, and it's related tax. Um, various... um you know, approaches to, you know, things like the reorg and, you know, just, I mean, there's just a ton of little nuanced things, you know, um, uh, IRS, you know, tax laws as it relates to structuring and efficiency um, that you're probably not going to know unless you've been involved in negotiating these deals. And in some cases we find the lawyers don't even know um, about how some of these pieces come together effectively. And so, you know, assembling a quality advisory team that sort of covers the watershed and has experience in your industry um, is really important to being able to optimize the deal and to optimize the negotiation because you need someone who's experienced in negotiating the business terms and can um, get to the optimal transaction that everyone can do because no points for sort of win-lose negotiating here because generally those deals don't get done. You need to have someone mediating the deal that focuses on win-win and can understand and hear uh, not only around the more mundane deal terms of, you know, price and terms on a transaction, but the nuance of all of the little things that impact sort of the real price or the real cost of a transaction.
1: Right. Uh, no, absolutely. And, and again, and this is one of those where uh, the, whether you're a buyer or a seller, if you're trying to negotiate a deal yourself, uh, there's bumps and bruises along the way. And if they're, uh, you have to work with that person for the rest of the, your deal. And, and that can oftentimes be difficult if you had a, a rough negotiation session. So uh, having that, an advisor by the way who can, take the brunt of the of the stink as we call it, or or just be the uh, guy that uh, can struggle through the the difficult parts of a negotiation that no one wants to be in is absolutely critical for a deal uh, Mike that's that's really the the kind of the big areas that that we see here in, a, in, a, in kind of if you're thinking about functions, those are. Uh, some big roles. Uh, any parting thoughts?
0: Um, you know, I guess the only thing I would say is that, um, you know, like many things, um, you know, it's valuable to get uh, experiences valuable. Um, and I think, um, you know, seeking an advisor who has deep experience in doing deals just like the one you want to do uh, in the industry that you're in. Um, is super important in order to ensure your success or to dramatically improve your odds of success um, and I think trust them uh, to do what they do um, if they could go faster or slower or do it differently or whatever they would and I think in the on the whole advisors in our industry uh, do a pretty good job um, I'm sort of a little biased about our work here at Revenue Rocket, but, you know, there's other advisors that, you know, are focused on our industry that I think do, you know, very good work. And you should look carefully at all of these discrete steps uh, in the M&A process and unpack how the individual firm does it because there's some firms that, you know, do one of these steps um, really well and may not do some of these other steps very well or, you know, they may do them all, you know, expertly or none of them expertly. So you need to sort of look at and unpack, you know, how these firms do each one of these discrete steps in the process and how they staff it and how, you know, some of the outputs of that work effort uh, for you to credibly evaluate and evaluate them. You know, it's appropriate to not only do that, but also talk to their clients uh, and check references and see how people's experience on the other side of the deal occurred with that advisor.
1: Makes sense. All right,
0: that's all I got, Mike. I'll turn it over for you. Sounds great. So with that, we'll tie a ribbon on it for this week. Thanks for tuning in and uh, look forward to having you join us next week. We'll continue to focus on growth strategies and M&A tactics for IT services companies worldwide. With that, have a great week.